Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to my podcast. Today, we're going to talk about why just being mindful is not sufficient. Before I start, however, I just want to tell you about my mental health initiative that I'm running this year. Each month, we're going to be studying my different books and with podcasts and YouTube live, all kinds of great details. So I invite you to join me and dive in. You can find the details in the show notes. And this month and next month, we're specifically talking about my book, Think, Learn, Succeed. I'm really excited about this book. It really is a way of helping you to dive into the techniques of how to think in a way that leads to good learning, good memory building and successful decision making, enabling you to thrive at school, at work, in relationships, in life. So it's a very powerful, very powerful information. So today we're going to be talking about mindfulness, as I mentioned, and why mindfulness is not sufficient. And so I'm going to start by explaining it, and then I'm going to explain why it's not sufficient and and what should we do about this. All of this information is in my book, Think, Learn, Succeed. In recent times, there's been a big move towards mindfulness, mindfulness at school, at work, all over the place. Lots of research coming out showing how we, when we're mindful, whether it's through meditation, whether it's through prayer, prayerful meditation, various different techniques can be used. We see that it definitely enhances brain function and people's ability to function because it calms people down, brings them into the present moment, helps them just to refocus, get back and get going again. Very, very efficient, very good at helping people to kind of get to the next step, especially when they're in a crisis situation. However, what the research has also shown is that it's not enough, that the carryover effect into daily life for extended periods of time is not sufficient. So it's not powerful enough, in other words, to carry you through an entire day or through an entire crisis for long enough. And yes, you can keep going back into those mindfulness exercises, and it's a good idea to do that. There's nothing wrong with that. But we've got to be very careful that we don't veer between kind of switching off to what's happening and then diving straight back in and being calm for maybe five minutes and then suddenly we lose it again or we calm for an hour and we lose it again or we calm for today and we lose it again. So in other words, mindfulness alone doesn't create sustainable ways of functioning in crisis situations. And let's face it, struggles are part of life. We all know that. So we need to have techniques to manage our mind and our thinking so that we manage the struggles and challenges and all the things that are thrown us, all the curveballs and unexpected things that happen daily, that we have techniques to manage them. Because the way that we use our mind is going to determine our next reality, is going to determine how we get through that situation and get out on the other side. So what I've found in my research and working with people over these years is that we have to go beyond mindfulness. We have to do mindfulness. We have to incorporate mindfulness in our routine. 
But that's only step one, that to create sustainability, to give you the ability to push through and persevere through situations for longer than just a few minutes or a day, you need to go beyond, use mindfulness and go beyond. So I see mindfulness as step one, and then there's four more steps that have to be done in order to create sustainability. The science very briefly behind this is that you are, when you go, when you use all five steps, so in other words, mindfulness plus the other four steps, you are using your brain more efficiently. You are use, taking advantage of the neuroplasticity of the brain, which is the ability of the brain to grow in response to stimulation. So in other words, you are changing your brain structure. You're building healthy memories. You're actually building networks into your brain and listen to this, that are going to help you cope in that situation. So whatever you do and whatever you say is based upon what you have physically built into your brain with your mind. So the roots of your words and your actions are coming from these physical things that you have built, physical things being physical structures that hold the information of your thoughts or memories, and you build those. So if you don't build sustainable enough ones, you're not going to have sustainability through the crisis. So mindfulness is the first step in doing this. Mindfulness is gathering awareness of the situation, gathering awareness of how you are responding within the situation. It's gathering yourself together that you activate the internal networks of your brain to enable you to go into a calmer state, to release the chemicals that will remove the fogginess from your brain, that will help you to actually access a level of clarity in your thinking so that you can start to see solutions, even if it's just a tiny little change even if it's just a little 1% change, cumulatively the 1% all add up. So mindfulness brings you into the now moment. It's gathering an awareness of what you are thinking about in response to the situation, how you are thinking about it, how your body is physically feeling in that moment, taking a few deep breaths as you, as you breathe in various different ways. You dissipate the high levels of cortisol that would have been flowing if you've reacted, you know, if it was a bit of a shock, if the situation was a shock. We immediately get this burst of higher levels of adrenaline and cortisol. So by breathing and by being aware, by kind of capturing that situation in a few moments, even if you just close your eyes, however you do it, you are dissipating the cortisol, you are dissipating the adrenaline. In other words, you are making your body work for you and not against you in that situation. So now you do that, you calm, but now you're back in the work situation and now you have to do the next four steps. The next step is going to be a very active reflective thinking process where you are asking, answering and discussing your way through that crisis. So you've calmed down enough to be able to reflect on it. So the second step is a reflective interactive process where you have to almost objectify the situation. And what I often tell people to do, which really, really, really helps, is you could put that situation into an imaginary window of an imaginary building and you can seal it off. Or you could put it inside a box that's see-through, but it's sealed or something where it's contained. And if it's contained, you can now objectively stand outside and say, okay, what is the situation? Answer yourself, discuss with yourself the who, the what, the when, the where, the why, the how, those kind of things. Then as you're doing that, you're starting to reach towards some kind of decisions that you can maybe write down, maybe make a note of. And as you write those down, make a note of them, you can then, that's step number three. So it's capture that data. What did you, what kind of solutions are you starting to reach as you become aware of the issue in the box? 
and then you're writing that down and you can imagine writing on the box, you, whatever analogy works for you, you then can look at what you've written and which is the fourth step and then you can start the reconceptualization or the fifth step, which I call the act of reach. In other words, what are you going to do? How are you going to see the situation now? What's the action step? How are you going to reconceptualize in order to move forward in a constructive way in the next moment? Now, this may sound like a lot, and this is spelt out in detail in my book, Think, Learn, Succeed. And of course, you can listen to this podcast over a few times. But these skills are worth developing. They are basic mind-brain technological skills that are going to help you manage your thought life in a multitude of situations. So let me give you an example. Let's say you get to work and things are going okay and suddenly your boss who's out of town phones and he freaks out at you. He yells at you and you, he's maybe already kind of a boss that you're a bit tense about because he tends to lose his cool quite often and you apparently messed up his travel arrangements. So now he's stuck between, he's stuck at an airport and you've now got to think on your feet and get another flight and get your boss out to this next place and he's yelling at you and that that reaction that you're having is like you're freaking out so you can't think straight and you're in a panic and you're heart's pounding and the adrenaline's pumping and the cortisol's flowing to your brain and there's like oxygen depletion in your brain and blood depletion in, uh, depletion in your brain from the toxic reaction. And then he slams down the phone after yelling at you and saying, you better get this right or else. So now you can do one of two things. You can just fall apart and not fix it, or you can apply these five steps. So going to mindfulness, you've got to calm down. You've got to get that, that cortisol dissipated. You've got to realize, okay, take ownership. You did mess up. It's okay. You can fix this if you can't. You can't fix this if you're freaking out. So get mindful of how you feel at that moment, tune into your body. So you distract yourself for a moment from the situation and the content of that conversation and focus on your body and start breathing deeply just by seeing your body reactions as something that's actually telling you that you are um, able to use the, these reactions for yourself instead of against you. So you change your perception. So in other words, instead of seeing the heart pounding adrenaline pumping as something that's bad for you, see this as something that can work for you. Research shows the minute you change your perception and you say, okay, well, my body's reacting like this, but this is good for me. I'm going to be able to think with more clarity. The minute you do that, your body will still be in that stress response, but now it's changed. You've got your heart beating correctly, um, the blood vessels dilating, so you've got more blood flow to your brain, you've got more oxygen to your brain, you have more clarity of thought. Wonderful things start happening physiologically throughout your body just by you saying, it's okay that I'm feeling this freaked out physical reaction, it's okay. This I can make work for me. And as soon as you do that, the shift happens. So there's your little mindfulness part of it. Now going to the second part. Okay, what am I going to do? Let me ask myself. Let me answer. Let me discuss. Stick that problem of your boss stuck at the airport in a box. See him in a box. Reduce him to a tiny little figure. So now you, this big figure, he's as tiny. You shrunk him and, or whatever. I'm just giving you some sort of an analogy. He's in the box yelling at you, frustrated at the airport. Don't let that reach you. It's in the box. Don't let his frustration reach you because you're not going to be able to solve it. Keep the calmness that you've achieved from the mindfulness step and go into the reflect step. Ask, answer, discuss. What's the situation? How can you fix it? Start getting logical. Start writing down your notes. Start uh, writing down, typing down, getting, calling up different flight, whatever it is. Do get your plan of action in place. Start doing that. Check that as you're doing it. Is this working? Is this a good idea? As soon as you feel panic coming up, remember that your boss is in the box. The situation's in the box. Keep it objective. Don't let yourself get back in the box. Maybe you'll have to just take a few deep breaths, close your eyes for a few moments. And so you go on until you've solved the problem. And you, step number five then 
is you actually book the new flight, text your boss or phone your boss, speaking calmly and saying, here's the details of your next flight, You whatever the detail may be. Okay. So you've now managed that situation. Now the rest of the day, you've got a more million more things to do. And because you've achieved success, you're going to be much more able to cope with all the other crises that hit you during the course of the day. Because as we all know, they don't come alone. They tend to come in the in a flood. But if you didn't get that situation under control, you wouldn't be able to do much else very effectively for the rest of the day. So keep using those five steps with each thing that you have to do each day. You could do all five steps like I've described, or you could just be mindful and keep going back to calm yourself down. But then you get back in the situation and you're still not solving it correctly. You're still not controlling how your mind is functioning. So one of the biggest things that, that you are going to learn out of this to use these five steps constantly. And the fifth step is really very, very, each step is uniquely powerful. There isn't one that's more powerful than the other one, than the others. They work together as a team. So step number five is reconceptualization, active reach, seeing this from a, from a different angle and doing something positive about it. So instead of beating yourself up and going into sh- shame, condemnation, panic, you're going to lose your job, whatever, what did you learn? You've got to reconceptualize this. You've got to see this from a different angle. You've got to see this as, yes, you made a mistake, but that failure isn't, is, isn't a failure per se. It is a mistake and it's therefore a lesson learned. So what lesson did you learn? To pay more attention to detail, to not make assumptions that, that certain things were in place that weren't in place. So be very in your active reach step. Not only did you find another flight for your boss, but you also need to look back at the lessons that you can actually learn from that particular incident so that you can and apply those lessons into the next the next situation. You see, a big part of these five steps lead, will end off with you realizing that mistakes are learning experiences. You hear that so often, but it's so hard to do that unless you have a way of doing it. So that's what I'm supplying you with. That's what I'm telling you about. Going beyond mindfulness helps you to turn the lessons of life into lessons and not just things that are going to traumatize you and, and completely wreck how you function. So this reconceptualization that you do in step number five helps you to learn to formulate those lessons that you're going to learn. I hope this has helped you today. Um, I, I once again refer you to my book, Think, Learn, Succeed, and to my app, the Switch app that's coming out very soon. Go and see, you can see all the information in the show notes. This information is very powerful to help you to realize that you need to, you can't just be mindful. It's great to be mindful, to do mindfulness and calm yourself down, but you have to go beyond mindfulness. You have to do the other four steps in order to have a, to, to sustain the changes that you need in order to be able to cope during the course of the day. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Dr. Caroline Leith.